Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Heart to Hearts. This week I speak to Elliot from New York. We discuss his condition, the pressures of masculinity with CHD and how he got on during the pandemic. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook and as usual the music is brought to you by Leon Deitch. Enjoy. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. How are you, Stuart? Thanks, yeah, yeah. Thanks right. for having me. No, not at all. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, so it's good to speak to another American, get their uh, story. Um, you, I think it was you spoke to me on Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I um, I reached out to you, uh, and then we just started uh, talking. And once you. Once you let me know about the the, the podcast, I was like, I, I really want to get on. <laughs> I want to uh, bring the awareness out to the world about you know how how common it is for 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 people to have um, a congenital heart disease, and most times than not, in, in my experience, it's kind of invisible once it's repaired. On, you know, unless it's like a, unless you're on like a track or a cross country team. Yeah. For the most part, like. No one would know like that I I had this massive surgery like at six months old. No. Um, you know, unless you're you know close to me, in which you would see me without my shirt on. But but other than that, like it's just like I'm a normal, as a normal kid growing up. Yeah. So what were you born with then? Yeah. So I was born with a, a double outlet right ventricular, and. Um, and with a VSD, uh, ventricular septical defect, plus a hole in the heart. Yeah. So um, basically, um, for, for those listening, um, the, the two ventricles were going out of the same um, port, basically. So okay. there, was no, there was no oxygenated blood going around, except, except for, luckily, the, the VSD, which, which is a little hole in the heart, on, on the bottom chamber, was allowing like maybe 3 to 3%, and then the other 2% of the oxygenated blood was um through the home of heart right okay um but because of that you know my i was born and my mom's like you know kind of was was in shock because you know i, I was the color of a, a denim pair of jeans <laughs> and uh you know this was in the late 80s so so it wasn't as advanced as it was now and um i was lucky that I, it, it was repaired um when I was six months old, so September 1989, I was born April uh, of 1989 at a children's hospital in Boston. And um, I'm lucky that I've, I've never needed another surgery um, in my 32, almost 32 years of life. All right, be, yeah, um, so from that, that one surgery, that's been you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm lucky, and a little background, I've, I, I, I'm born in America. Um, in New York, uh, it's called Westchester County, which is about 45 minutes via uh, commuter train to uh, New York City. And I currently live in um, an outer borough of New York City in uh, Queens. 
with uh, my uh, partner and, and a dog. So, so I can't really complain about my life as it is now. But um, my my main mission now, honestly, as a, as an adult, is to try to um, do what you're doing, Stuart, and and raising awareness, especially for kids that are growing up with it now. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really important for us as adults to show that we live, you know, pretty normal lives in, in you know in all aspects. So like that's what I want to do with with you and, and others in our communities, especially with social media, Instagram, TikTok, and whatnot. It's really easy to to get this message out. For, yeah, for those and it's now. so it's like that was for like it was only. I'd, I'd always like kind of thought about doing a podcast but I was never sure what I could do a podcast on because I wasn't I don't know where my like what I would be good at speaking about and then I thought about it and I was like well I, I don't really know much about other people's stories and things with heart conditions I was like maybe I should go into that and it's been great because it's the amount of people I've spoken to that I've like I never knew like I don't know I've never met you before it's the first time we've spoken apart from obviously in on like Instagram through messages and even with like Dresden and that then that was people that reached out to me mm-hmm. and it's it's great that it's all working and hopefully it co- helps the younger generation coming through yeah yeah no totally and, and, and I can speak to you know as someone growing up in the 90s there wasn't the internet there wasn't zoom which we're on now so as a young kid, you're, you know, especially a guy um, in America, and I'm sure, sure worldwide too, you know, uh, my, my, my way of coping was to like walk a very fine line between what my doctors told me to do and what I did. You know, like I yeah. didn't put myself in too, too serious a danger, but you know, like, like during recess, like for example, like the doc, my doctor's like, you can, play tag and you can play basketball but you know as i think someone else on the podcast previously previously said i'm from the uh, northeast region and you know, football is uh, american football is not as popular as where he grew up in the south but it was still you know the way i think my generation of and, and i'm sure with you guys rugby soccer it, it is a way to prove your um your you know your masculinity growing up in, in, in school so yeah um you know d- you know during during recess i always wanted to join in the games and because my parents sent you know the doctor's notes to my school it was a bit of you know me kind of making you know deals with my with, with the, the the teacher that was you know watching over us or you know making sure everything was okay like it would be like Elliot can play, but you can only touch him with one hand, opposed to the other <laughs> yeah. the, the, the other fellows out there that they were allowed to, you know, kind of be a little bit rougher. So it was just like constant. Um, Got to listen to what the doctors say, but let's see how far I can bring that out. Yeah. And, and 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 I think all everyone every child does that, but especially for for CHD kids, we. We know what will happen. Like we know the serious, the seriousness of if we extend it too much. So for me, like I was lucky to have the same 
pediatric cardiologist for over 19 years. Okay, yeah. Luckily, my mom had is a teacher, and, and the, the school system she had, the, the insurance didn't change when I was a kid, and she's still teaching. So when I was a kid, that that consistent insurance, which in the States is ridiculous, and yeah. uh, you, we, I, I've listened to the, as you said, the the, the podcast with Dresden, it, it, it's something that needs to be changed as well. As well as an adult, I'm realizing more and more how important it is to have good insurance and how I, 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 I think that there should be a change in that. But we, you've covered that in, in another one. <laughs> I, as I, I said, I, like I said to Dresden, I was like, I would happily, because like being from the UK, I just cannot like understand. And it was with the Marla Jan as well and she kind of mm-hmm. went over the American like health system and it, just for me I just can't grasp how it works and like I might have to get all three of you guys to do a separate episode together with me and just go all in <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, I think that'd be a great idea but yeah and and, 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 and what, when I say I'm lucky as, as we know most people have to change dependent on their insurance and I was lucky enough that my mom had a steady job with an insurance that allowed me to see the same doctor. So now that I'm an adult, there was that really smooth transition of all my files from when I was zero to about 1920 uh, that they were able just to send to my adult, you know, adult cardiologist who it's kind of like you, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and that can see everything that's happened to me. So I'm, I know I'm really grateful of that. Um, and, and it's, and it's something that definitely helped me adapt to, um, being an adult with congenital heart disease and that I knew I had that support system for my doctors because they were able to have all my records in a concise manner which which definitely helped me explain to other doctors and and other authorities in my life about what what i can and cannot do you know the my my medical staff plus my mom my mom was immensely important in this helped me learn what i had you know she she, you know, my, my mom's a school teacher, but she's, she, she did her own research. You know, she, she would go to libraries and look up everything about the heart and, and ask the doctor questions upon questions upon questions. So that now that I'm now 31 turning 32, when I go to my new doctor or when I go to my physician or my cardiologist, I'm able to explain in a succinct way what what i have and and what's going on with me and what and what are the next yeah steps. so it's a simple like change over and yeah you've, and you've got yeah. all that knowledge because you've had that all life no there's right. not been any confusion in that so you can no. just go straight in this is yeah. what's wrong yeah so when you were you were growing up and you had that operation at six months old um and then like you've had no obviously surgery since then so but going into school and having your were you still getting quite breathless anyway like do you and even now are you 
like quite f- fit physically? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a really good question. I, you know, my 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 lungs were always underdeveloped, and I and I and can, uh, offshoot of the the congenital heart disease was um, reactive airways. So I would get like, for example, pollen or or or, or dust for me were, were were big triggers when I was little, and I kind of just. I, I was slower growing up. I like with the mile in, in America. I don't know. If, I, I, I don't know about with you guys, but there's like a national like fitness test that they do. At least when I was a kid, where you have to run a mile uh, in gym class, and then it's it, 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 it. I'm not sure if the program's still so, still around, but that's when I really had my biggest almost. Uh, identification that I'm not like the other guys yeah. or like the other or my other classmates because I get very tired very quickly. Yeah. And for and for me it was just I you know a matter of like working myself up. I I, I run between um the, in in miles like uh three th- three and a quarter to four four and a quarter miles weekly. Um, I don't have any issues with keeping up anymore. It's been, you know, um, I am fit. Um, and it really was in, in high school. I, I went to an all guy boarding school and, um, the cross country coach kind of in, in, in a nice way yanked me from playing, um, not, uh, the, the lowest tier of soccer and said, you're running around anyway during these practices. Why don't you join cross country and track? Yeah, and from there, that's where my love of running really started. So for for me now, I just it, it doesn't really affect me. I'm actually going for a stress test this this coming week to uh, see if I can um, extend my mileage um, because I feel like I'm able to. But again, I want to get the um, doctor's approval before doing anything that could. Um, negatively affect uh, the, my, my heart yeah and, and going and growing up did you get regular checkups like yeah. every year and protest like seeing how you coped oh like you got that stress yeah. test were you is that a yearly thing that you've been getting then yeah i um for the the first part is every six months up until i was probably 13 or 14 and then around 14 15, which would make me a freshman in high school, it then became every year. Okay. Um, but but the echo was always part of the, you know, for, for me, my normal experience in the doctors with the cardiologist is EKG, echo, you know, explain the results. You know, maybe every two years an MRI, every three to four years a stress test. Um, okay. For me, that for me, that's common, and I and it's it's due to the way they they repaired my my heart. They're looking, um, as I said, when I went when it was repaired, the, the 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 double outlet was repaired as well as the patch. So so they basically put a patch over the hole, okay, and fixed the VSD. So 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 they're looking on those to see. I from from what I remember is if there's a if the patch is kind of inverting, if, if it, it's, it's like sloping, if, if it's okay. still holding up and everything has been good. It's just, you know, the, the, 
those little repairs after 31 years, you know, they start some wear and tear, you know, as they should or whatever. But but that, that that's the reason for all those um, kind of... So um, if they see any kind of difference in those tests, yeah. they'd be like, maybe yeah. we're going to have to look into fixing that again. And Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, cool. So, yeah, and when so you were saying in school you were growing up and so did the school kind of, because you put those letters, did the cardiologist automatically send the letters to the school as when you get enrolled then? Is that how it works in America? Like, or is that come, does it come from you and us be through your parents when they sign you in? So I didn't go to public school. No, oh, yeah, you went America. to the, yeah. I went to, um, even from when I was very, even from um, first grade, I, due to seizures that I had growing up, like when I was very little after, after the heart stuff, I still had pretty large seizures growing up, which delayed my, um, my learning. So I, 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 I do have some neurodiverse issues, uh, some dyslexia, some processing issues, some just in general learning difficulties growing right. up. So I was, I was lucky enough to be enrolled into a private school that teaches you how to read, write, like it's big, like everything's a very basic for um, high functioning children with learning disabled disabilities and and like uh, behavior like and, and ADHD and, and stuff like that. But it, it's just I, I would say it's just as rigorous as any um, public school in America, um, if not more so, because there's this um, and it, it, there's this you know um, atmosphere. Of you're just as good as the other kids. You just need a little bit more time to get it. So it's, it's almost like they're, they're training the kid at a more advanced level. In, in my opinion now, as, as an adult, it's the way I saw, I saw my education. It was, it was to encourage the child to really understand that they can do what they got to do. Um, yeah. But in, in, in relation to that, yeah. So my, my, my situation was a little different there were health forms. So, so with, 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 with any camp or anything, the, the parent gets the health forms and, and, and all that, and then sends it to the entity. So yeah, it, it was through my parents that, that, that they sent it. Right. And then they kind of were always like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't join in the sports. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was yeah, school. With- did you like play with like a group of like, your friends, like friends, did you go out and play sports and all that? No problem. Yeah, so for the most part, like growing up, um, I played a lot of town leagues. Like, so my my, my dad would, because of my other, partly because of my heart issue and because of my learning issues, my dad um, actually, my my dad coached a lot of my teams. Right. As well as my sisters. Like he, he, he would be the coach and he would make sure that I was okay and wasn't too out of breath at times and would position me in places that I would do well in. So like in, in, in soccer, for example, or, or football, as you guys call it, I, I, I was a keeper because yeah. it allowed me to, to keep focus on the game because if I was in the field, I would 
get distracted basically. Uh-huh. But if I, but my dad explained it to me, it's like, if, if, if you're the keeper, you need to make sure that, that everything, that you're aware of where the ball is. So just follow the ball and we'll be good. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and by doing that, I was able to not get as, as tired and be able to participate with my, with, with, with the other kids without getting, you know, too, too left behind. But for the most part, when it came to um, basketball or, or soccer or baseball, uh, I, I was pretty fine and, and didn't really, I'd always carry an inhaler with me, but, but it was very, very rarely that I, that I would need it. Yeah. Cause I was like, when I would play sport at school, um, but the town I was from was quite small. So they were all quite knowing of like my condition. And mm-hmm. um, when it came to like we gym, we did the uh, like cross country. Mm-hmm. And they knew that I would never manage that because they were just like, it just wasn't impossible for me at that age and mm-hmm. like 11 years old or whatever it was, 12 years old. Um, so I would just have to do the, stopwatch and <laughs> I started to stand at the, the finish line and count everyone in as they were coming yeah. back over the line and I didn't I didn't mind that because first of all I didn't want to go running however many miles they had to do in that hour and but they always tried to keep you like it like wasn't the case of like if some of the other like a couple of other girls that were speaking on the podcast I couldn't believe that when they were told for PE they, they just had to sit at the side and not actually get to take part which yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that helps like your anxieties or you know your growth in that way because I liked I like sports so I always tried to take mm-hmm. part whereas being told not you can't take part kind of damages like you know damages yeah, your confidence yeah. yeah damages your confidence so like I liked that I managed to take part even though I wasn't technically taking part yeah, no, it's similar with me, you know, in, in grammar school, I was, I was always involved. Like they didn't put me on the side in high school. When my, when I fell in love with running, I wasn't making the times for a competitive against the other schools. So I basically became their um, time manager and, and it made sure that their water bottles were filled, but it gave me a sense of purpose and it gave yeah. me a sense of uh, like team and, and, and ability to, to, to help my, my my fellow friend run and and win or whatever record the time and show him like last week you were you know this time and this week you're you're a couple of seconds you know quicker so it, it was a really good experience for me and and and, and, it, and now i i run and i'm always like i still do this to this day like i if i'm running on a weekend and i see someone running faster than me i'm like Ah, and then I kind of have to realize that, like, <laughs> what I'm running is it, 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 fine. Like, there's no competition. It's it's a, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a Sunday run, and then there's no one counting anyone's time except for myself. So, I mean, overall, you know, I, I think sports was very important to me in the sense of even if I wasn't, you know, actually participating at the varsity level, I was still involved, still part of the team, and. and and it really helped me cope, you know, growing up, you know, this, especially as a guy, you know, um, I don't, I don't, I know you, you've spoken about it quite a few on, on a lot of the podcasts that I've, that I've listened to, how, you know, the, as a guy, there's always that uh, struggle between like proving that we're, that we belong and, 
again, as I even start off the podcast saying, this line that your doctor says, you can't do this or that. And it's, it's just like, almost like this, uh, what, like windy road that, yeah. that uh, we as, as CHD guys got to kind of tread pretty lightly. And it uh, also comes to a point of like, people who don't have the CHD don't understand at the same mm-hmm. time. So you've got, you've got the guys that go to the gym and they're like huge, like, they, like huge guys and you're like well I'm never going to amount to that you know right and and then you you think am I are you made to feel small because you can't do that but at the same time you know you can't get to that because your your chest would probably explode type of mm-hmm. <laughs> idea exactly. but that's like yeah it's like an image that's put across that you you have to be like this whereas you can do better things your own way like you're doing mm-hmm. your running and like you're good at it you can keep up and you do your own times and stuff whereas you're not you don't feel like you have to amount to anything like that's what I learned now I don't feel I have to prove anything like that was yeah you know yeah whereas when I was in my teens I was always thinking oh I should have to prove myself I need to be at like all my friends were in football teams and I couldn't play in football teams Mm -hmm. and I was like well I want to do that and I can't, and then you were also with your, you got a scar. Yeah, yeah, so my scar, yeah, so my scar goes from, like, the left side of my neck to about just above, just just below my ribs, my, my sternum. Right. And then I have, um, I think someone, um, like, I call it, like, my, my, my mom called it growing up your second belly button <laughs> to, I think, make it more, like, um, like cool or, or, or more, um, less tragic, I would say, um, which was where the tube, where one of the tubes was. Right, when, yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, the, the, the drainage thing, was it, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then I have, on the sides of my chest, two other scars from other tubes that I'm not really sure what they're for, but they're they're there and, and and it's it's daunting I would say when you're 13, 14 and you're at the beach or you're at the you know the pool or or it's just hot out and you want to take your shirt off but you're so like like I'm so aware of what, what was on my chest. Yeah. That I'm like I don't want to scare anyone first of all. Like I don't want to come across as like this delicate like touch me I fall over and crack yeah but at the same time like I need to like be able to integrate into my friends group or into the activity that was happening so um it it was uh in my experience what I just did was I I just told the, the authority figure hey if it's okay can I just keep my shirt on for as long as I want? And if not, then is it okay, like, for me to, like, not go in with everyone at first and just kind of, like, wait back and wait for everyone to start doing their lesson and then me come in or, yeah. or, or like, like kind of do a slower process or for me to wear, I don't know, like a towel up until I go into the water. Right, yeah. So that, like, right when I get into the water, no one sees it and I can just, like, wrap myself until, like, I joined them. And so I came up with ways to cope, obviously. And, and the biggest thing, the biggest thing I learned was 
just be upfront and honest with, 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 with the, the friends that I have now. And for the most part, they were just like very cool about it. They're like, okay, that's cool. Like cool that you're alive kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and happy you got, you know, and the, the main thing was they were happy that I was, I was comfortable enough to tell them. Yeah, exactly. So, that's so, why I feel like now is when I was a teenager, it was all really like, Oh, I don't want to tell people. And like you were saying, when you went swimming with schools and stuff, you didn't really want to go out there with your shirt off to show off your scars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, when I used to go on holiday as well, if we were in the pool, I would keep a t-shirt on mm. going in the pool. Cause even though like you're on holiday, probably no one's really caring like, yeah. about you, but you still, there was that, you always felt that people were watching you. As soon as you would take your shirt off, they'd be like, Hey, look at that. Look at that guy over exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> even though they probably weren't, but that was just your mindset. But like now, yeah. like you, I just go, yeah, I've got like work. And there's like guys that don't know me really, like they know me now, but they didn't know me when they first started. And I would mm-hmm. say something, they'd be like, why is that? And I would rather than like hiding away, I'd be like, oh, it's because I've had a open heart surgery. I've got a scar from here to here. And they usually go, no, you don't. Like you're, you're telling lies type of thing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, bang. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. And then I kind of learned like when I was like, when I went to summer camp that, as I said earlier, just be open and honest. Like, there's no way that I could, you know, shower and kind of, and, and, you know, get ready for, for the next activity or whatever without my bunkmates seeing me without a shirt on. So I kind of just was like, kind of was just like, as you said, just I, I, I just kind of learned to advocate for myself. Yeah. And, and as I said, like, my mom gave me those, like, those terminologies and those, words to use in a more like less medical way to explain to another 11 year old why I had like a scar going from my like neck to my my chest and then the counselors and and, and again all the authority figures that were around me were very well equipped with the information because my parents were very open about it yeah And, and and was and it, it it and it really helped me growing up just being able to say to people, "Hey, I mean, it didn't feel good to say it. Don't don't, don't get me like wrong. Like I was, I was I was at times very embarrassed when I couldn't join in with uh, the rest of my class eating like the like the chocolate cookies or like this and that. And I had my like you know alternative like cookies that you know." I think my mom did the best she could, you know, with the fact that her kid couldn't have caffeine because of the arrhythmia. Yeah. So overall, you know, coping wise, I think, I think what I would, I would want listeners to know either parents or or other adults or even kids or teenagers that are listening to your show right now is that it may, it may be difficult at first to get those words out. I have CHD or I cannot do this because of this. But in the long run, as an adult now, what I realized is because I did that, it helped me feel safe doing activities that may not be as safe for, for, right. for people like us. Yeah. So like, like, and then I would encourage any, any parent or, or a kid or, or anyone just to try to be, again, open and honest about, about the situations. I think, in my experience, since my parents did that, I was equipped to 
be able to, in the best of my ability, at you know nine, ten, eleven. I'm not explaining. You know, I don't. I don't think my parents expected me to know every in, intricate part about it. But to give a general thing, just to say, hey guys, I would love to do this, or I can do this up to a certain degree. Yeah. Because of this. And I, you know, I, I would hope you guys would respect that I can't do this. And, and I think with today's new, new atmosphere, I think it's, it's helping a lot of people be able to do that in a safe and in positive way. So in, in regards to growing up, it was, you know, it, it was always that struggle of how much do I tell? How much don't I tell? So I can do A, B, or C. Yeah. But coping wise, for the most part, I, I I had a pretty normal, you know, childhood in in respect to my my condition and doing activities like my mainstream. Yeah, you didn't feel you were missing out too much. No, 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 not really. That's good, you know, because that's that's one of the worst things I think is kids that feel they're missing out because of their conditions, and mm-hmm. as long as you get to be take part and do something to in that activity helps you know yes and uh yeah you were mentioned but like this all over the world we're in now as well with the pandemic going on have you had have you coped quite well with the whole well america didn't really shut down did it so um, <laughs> or did new york new york we we shut down almost i mean like by second weekend, by March 14th, I, I was actually looking this up last, uh, on Friday, because I, 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 I kind of was like, wait, when did we even shut down? But New York was officially shut down for, for anything except for essential workers, which I am due to my job, uh, which I can get into during this segment. Yeah, so we were shut down on March 14th, which was a Saturday. And because of that, because it was a Saturday, I was living, I was not living in Queens at the time. I was living in Brooklyn and I, you know, and, and I was, I was visiting my, my now, my, my girlfriend, my partner. And the, like, we, we, we got this like alert, like starting Monday, like March 15th, a stay a stay at home order has been announced by the governor of New York, only essential workers are able to go to leave basically and use public transportation so for me like as a essential worker i work at a pharmacy um and and i'm i'm one of the um customer success man uh customer success associates uh for e-commerce uh business so for us it was it was the holidays from march 15th to about give or take March 1st of this year. Right. Um, people, you know, in New York and our customer base are, you know, every, you know, every day with people to very wealthy people and, and, and some celebrities actually come see us for their, for, for their needs. So yeah, a lot of them like left their apartments and they went to their summer houses or to their country house or, you know, what, whatever. So there was a, exponential amount of shipments for medicines which right. which my which the department i'm working in is is responsible for so 
it was all hands on deck. And, you know, for me, it was, it was almost, I didn't really process it. You know, I, I, I checked with my local, with the, with the doctor. He said, Hey, like you're, you're normal in, 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 in the sense of how they were breaking down vulnerable versus non vulnerable people. You, um, you run, you do this, you do that, you're healthy, the, the, la the, the latest results are fine. So I don't consider you in, as you said, the, sh I, the, the shielded class of, yeah. of, of what you were. So, you yeah, know, I've been working, luckily, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for that since the lockdown in New York to now. And, and probably had extra busy as well. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know. it's, it, it was, and I mean, the way I've been doing it is I, instead of taking the subway, I mean, uh, my partner and I took the subway for the first time yesterday in over a year oh, wow. to, to go to an appointment, um, a fun appointment. But um, I, for, for work, I, I've, I've been using a ferry. I, I've, I've taken a ferry to um, Manhattan and then walk about 25 blocks uh, <laughs> daily back and forth. So that's about 50 blocks and about five avenues, which, which amounts to about a little over three miles both ways. So I'm doing six miles of walking. And that's how I really coped uh, in, in, in the pandemic, as in just kind of head down, mask up. Oh, I, I, I've, I've been vaccinated now since February. Oh, well. But, but I still wear uh, double mask. Uh, you know, out in public, if, if, if I'm going on the, the ferry, double mask, to work, double mask, K9, you know, K95 mask while, while at the office. Um, and, and the reason why we were, um, you know, we, in the second part of the vaccination process for New York, since we weren't grocery workers or frontline workers, there was like a subsection of like other workers I, I that that we were able to get it and, and because i work for a pharmacy they were able to you know um get enough for the general public but also separate some which which i'm very grateful for 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 their workers so so it, it was it was definitely freeing knowing that you know by february 12th i had both both vaccinations that's great yeah that's that's really good because i like speaking to other people who have just got their first one recently and you know and america's vaccine rollout hasn't been the smoothest but <laughs> no <laughs> it, it, it it hasn't and, and luckily um we seem to be picking up the pace and and yeah, I'm, I don't want to get into too much of that, but <laughs> no, that's fine. But I, I'm glad that um, let's just put this. I'm, I'm glad that that it's starting to pick up, and and there's a more there's a genuine e emphasis on helping everyone. I'll, I'll put it at, at that part. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that about my government. <laughs> and with because you were, well, you had to stay at home alert, but um, you were still working, so it wouldn't have really changed that much apart from the fact when you weren't working, you weren't able to go out to your like, right. restaurants and that. So Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I mean the, 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 the biggest change was that I, I, I biggest and then positive change 
is that my uh, partner I moved in? Like, like that, was that like, was that always on the cards? This like now, or did that did the pandemic kind of speed it up? It it definitely speeded up. Um, <laughs> at, like prior to the pandemic, it would have been actually September of 2020 that we would have moved in. Right. But again, and, and, and I, I brought up the the lockdown in New York at, earlier because if the lockdown had happened, I feel at any other time during during the course of this, I don't the the moving in might have never happened. I don't you know I, I'm not going to go there, but like but because it was on a weekend, allowed us both to talk about it and for her to say, hey do you basically it was basically do you just want to quarantine with me for like you know i guess like a couple of weeks because at that point we, we <laughs> no really one knew yeah know. no one knew what was going to yeah, happen <laughs> so it, and it kind of just like it kind of was like oh this is still going on this is still going on and then by may of 2020 i i moved in officially and 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 got most of my stuff out of my old apartment all using uh the ferry and and, and my father's car so so it, it, it it was the, the 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 people on the ferry were like, "Wait, we saw you this morning." I was like, "Yeah, I just moved out of my old apartment." And they kind of <laughs> gave me a look of like, like this guy's like on the like you know on the ferry with like two bags. And, like, <laughs> it, it, it was it was it was a surreal experience, and it's one of these experiences, I think, for anyone in a pandemic, that you will remember every like major milestone of this year. And, yeah. and for me, you know, what I learned most about the pandemic is that even though I have all these congenital, you know, the, 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 the congenital heart disease, it has made me more aware and more cautious. You know, I, I, I think seeing, you know, in New York, especially during the first week of, uh, of lockdown, I was still commuting. So I was walking by all the hospitals and, and this was the biggest, you know, this is a serious thing. Yeah. The, the, the big serious moment for me was I was walking and I saw basically four or five 18 wheeler trucks. And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, maybe it's lockdown, maybe it's the food for the, the staff because they can't go, you know, because they're under incredible amounts of stress and then the next day there was within 24 hours they built a fence with a bunch of fake rents so you couldn't see in there oh right and i at that point i realized that's not for food it's for people yeah and that is when i realized that and i always obviously followed metal you know my doctor's orders or whatever, but this is not like, this is why we're on lockdown. This is why this is happening. And I think what, what, what the, what I'm hoping the world's going to get out of this is that we need to be way more kind to people. Yeah, definitely. And I, and, and the, the, the empathy factor that I think was extremely lacking is hopefully going to start to be, a, a pillar of society in general now and how that relates to the congenital heart disease community 
is that we are more present, that we are more accounted for, and that, you know, our kind of our, our needs are met in, in, in a more succinct and accessible way. I, yeah. you know, I, I think, I don't, you know, I think whether it's, you know, the UK or, or, or American, a lot of ways we're very similar in societal functioning. Uh-huh. And I, and I, and I don't, grown up again, like we, there was no, see, there, there was no foundation for, for, for congenital heart disease. There's an adult congenital heart disease association based in Pennsylvania that is doing work with our congressmen and our, and our politicians to get funding for research. And I, and I, what I'm hoping is, these underlining issues that people have, whether it's diabetes or, or for us, um, congenital heart disease, are finally starting to be funded. Because as we know, as you and I know, one in a hundred births, there'll be a congenital heart disease patient. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most, it is some, one of the most populous, I guess, disease that no one knows about. Yeah. And then I think, you know, thankfully with technology and, and, and these, what, 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 we're, what we're doing here, what Dresden and I want to do with you and other, and other people that worldwide we get the recognition of, you know, I'm not trying to compare, but you know, of, of what, what other diseases have in, in funding. So, so yeah. I, I'm really hoping that and, and just the kindness and empathy and understanding of, where people are and what they are presenting may not be what is going on. And I think with, with, with as I even started with this in, almost invisible disease of, you wouldn't know that you and I had this disease at this point. No. Like we're normal adults. That there is some wiggle room for, for people like us to feel safe and comforted that we could say to any doctor, any friend, anyone, hey, I have this 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 medical situation. I can't do this, or I, I prefer not to do it because of these effects. And I'm sorry if that, you know, and, and not and not have to explain ourselves. It, yeah. Is what is what I'm really hoping our conversations, what your podcast is doing. And what, and what, what I can do as, as, as another adult with it. So I, I think that's what I really want to get out of this, this whole pandemic is just again, um, I said it before, but just like this empathy, understanding and, and kindness that I think we're, we're really lacking in, in the world. Yeah. And hopefully that becomes more prominent in the world after all this and mm-hmm. and it's just like you said like the awareness side of it all as well with CHD and it, I don't know about well about you but like me growing up and I've said in my other podcast it was just like in my town one other person with a CHD mm-hmm. so and like I don't know like how many other CHD people you've come across in your life yeah I mean to be honest, I, I didn't start knowing people with CH, uh, with CHG really until this past year, kind of like, 
in America, like I, I, in America, there's not like when, when, when I was growing up, there wasn't these summer camps you could go to with CHG. And if they were, they weren't anywhere, anywhere close to where I was. No. You know, so for me, it was, it was like, I say this and then again, it's like, I'm on the like outskirt side. Um, I didn't know, like the, like my, the, before I left for, for college, there was this like, like, I guess like day or two of like meetings with other college bound or just um, 18 year old um, patients of, of my doctor. And he kind of had like a round table and discussed what, what we should be doing in college and how to basically navigate the waters of university with, with congenital heart disease. Because I think to, to, to their defense, I think this was the first time that they had a large group of patients who were leaving their care. Right. And, it, you know, and, and, you know, it was, you know, know what you're allergic to, you know, for those, for when you become able to drink as in America, it's 21. Um, make sure you know what's in your drink. You know, people with CHD don't, they, they don't just have to worry about how much they're drinking and, 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 and they're in their own heart and their own weight or whatever their personal thing is, which, which they discuss with their doctor, but all the additives to, to drinks, whether, and this was the time that Red Bull was getting very popular in the U.S., and the and, and Jaeger bombs and, and and all these type of drinks that that could end literally kill you uh-huh. because of the caffeine content. So I mean, it, it was it was very sparse people that I knew. And um, what's so great about what what you're doing and what 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 Dresden and I and what 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 you're doing what what you're doing you still are doing is you're combining all these adults that have had either trauma, you know, I, I still have trauma. Like I, I know on other episodes it's brought up and that I don't, my body remembers the trauma. It remembers it very well, uh-huh. but my brain and my memory have no clue what happened. And it's, it's very, I think important for, for us to really be able to, to, get it out out there and 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 again it goes back to the kindness empathy and understanding that we don't do things because we want to like like i don't freak out when it comes to like i don't know like lifting a box sometimes because i want to be freaking out it's because since i was 10 i was told you can only lift up to a certain amount yeah and, and which goes into you know this whole thing of being a man and and living exactly, with CHD, yeah. which you know and it, which is always that tight, the very tight rope. And you know, for for other men, because I, I I you know I have friends who are not have CHD, they walk the same line. But for them, it's not a life. It's not literally life or death. Like no. if you or I were to be like, yeah, let's go bench press like a lot. Like no, like. I would be on a gurney sent to a hospital. Yeah. And it's this, you know, this thing that I, I think for, 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 for men with CHD, 
it's like, I'm just speaking for men, I'm sure women have their own thing. Um, but for us, it's like this, like dual identity. For me, at least, in my, my own experience, I always, I always speak in my own experience. It was this like, almost like crisis of, of identity. Uh-huh. Of like, I got to be careful, as I've said in, in, in multiple times, with the heart, but also I got to, but I want to, like, like I, I, as a guy, I want to, like, wrestle with my friends or, 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 you know, box or, you know, any of these things. So how can I, as, as a CHD guy, create an environment that is safe enough for me to do it without going over the line? So I think, you know, just as, as an adult man, we need to be more, I guess, um, aware of our own flawed judgments in the past and make it acceptable for for whether it is my my nephew to be like you know what? I don't really want to do this and be and, and, and not have that guilt or that shame of yeah. well, I'm not living up to this person's status or or, or what that is and, and I think a lot of that has to do again with with this idea of openness and, and honesty, you know, it's it, it, it's something that's very, you know, as, as an adult man and as someone with CHD and as an uncle, I think it's, it, you know, it, it, it really is close to me in, in trying to change that narrative of only the brawny, tough guys are guys. Because that's yeah, not That's not true. No, that's not. And... Yeah, that's just a that's just the image that's given, isn't it? And like we've got my like son, and obviously I'm not going to be going. I I we like he likes to do like little wrestles and that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to get to the point where it's going to be too much, and I don't want him to just think, oh, you have something to do wrestling all the time, and there'll be other things you can do that don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be so physical and mm-hmm. and but he's like, he's he's only three years old so he hasn't really asked questions about my CHD or anything yet but and when that when it all comes I'm just like you know it's going to be honest and you know not hide anything from him and make up stories or anything you know right. <laughs> yeah I mean I mean can, like like I know with my nephew he's he, you know he's asked my sister why does uncle have this or why does uncle have that like and my, my, my scars are very, you know, I, I haven't been reopened in almost 32 years, luckily. So, like, they're very muted at this point. Uh-huh. You know, with, 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 I, I, I do have a lot of um, bo- bo- body hair. So, it's, like, it's very well, I guess, camouflaged. But, like, I know. Like, I, I know it is. And, and we were at the beach or whatever, and, and, and my, my nephew was, like, kind of like enamored. Because like when like I got out of water, it, like, that's a really the only time that you can really see the scars at this point, because there's no hair over certain areas. And he he kind of turned to my my sister and said, you know, like his uncle okay, uh huh, because he was two and he he he'd never seen me, you know, like that. And, and um, my sister basically said, yeah, like he's fine, but. Uncle, you know, had had some surgeries, and, and, and when 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 you're old enough, 
he'll tell you basically. Yeah. But so my, my question is like, as, as a dad and as a man, like, has your has your son, he like so so he he doesn't he doesn't. He hasn't recognized your scars, or, or, or no? He just, I, just, I think I don't know. It's weird because me and my wife were actually talking about. It. I don't know if it was like last week or that. And he, like, obviously, he's obviously seen the shirt on and stuff. And at no point is he ever been like, like pointing and asking right. what that is. He just hasn't done that. So I don't know if he just that's that's because that's all he's known. You know, that's all he's right. seen. So he doesn't know any different in a way. But mm, I'm sure as I'm sure if he but as he gets older he might ask more questions and that and Yeah. I would he's just tell them because there's no point in hiding it at all, you know. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, so I I, I think um I've spoken to to, to what I want to speak about and, and just trying to get the, the word out that, that we we do uh survive and, and, and we, we do live fulfilling lives for those who are wondering out there um, <laughs> and, and 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 you know I, and I, it's great to talk to you again and, and really thankful that we were able to set this up no it's been and great yeah it's been really good to meet yeah, you yeah if, if, if you have any other questions I'm open to it um, I think I think my my service and, and what I wanted to speak about um, is uh has been uh, talked about. Yeah, that's life. great. I I think I really in like I don't know when because I'm going back to work, so I don't know how much time I'm going to have to do like podcasts as regular as I have been. But I think I'm going to have to try and organize some way to get all the Americans on at one point <laughs> and mm-hmm. just talk about this the the medical yeah. side of all the insurance and everything because I think that'd be really interesting because I know be interesting to talk about it in his episode but mm-hmm. it'd be really quite interesting and I could even maybe, I don't know try and bring in a couple of the UK people and do like a large discussion yeah I think yeah I think that'd be great almost like a round table yeah exactly of, yeah um, so I might I might look into doing something like that in the future anyway yeah and then congratulations on going back to work <laughs> no. it, 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 it must feel very I don't. I. I don't. I. Like. I'm. I. I can't even see. It. It. It, it must be. Like, I don't know. I guess for you, like, it, you have a kid. You have your wife. It, you know. And I remember even on the the, the one episode with, with with your wife on that. Like. So like. How, my my question is, how do you feel about that? Is, is it, does does it feel anxiety or, or are you? I think the, yeah. There's a lot of anxiety with it. But and I'm also quite excited because I've not like I'd gone back to work like I hadn't mm-hmm. been to work from like March last year until I think it was August September, and then Christmas came off for the holidays, and then they redid the whole shielding right. thing again. So I hadn't gone back to work since middle of December, and they were and it was only just a couple of weeks ago they said that anyone on the shielding list can go back to work from the 26th of April. So okay. we're kind of like, but my wife's been working through it, like, um, mm-hmm. throughout anyway. Well, not at the start of the main lockdown, but later on. Mm-hmm. And I think, in a way, we're quite excited because it's going to be a routine again. Mm-hmm. And like my son, he's going off to like nursery. He starts nursery. Okay. Tomor- he starts nursery tomorrow. Oh, so, fun! <laughs> so it'll be all like that's getting back into that routine as much we're one. And I've been saying to people, I've never thought I'd be excited to go back to work <laughs> but 
like I am, but I'm also there is obviously the anxiety thing because I'm going to be working with people again, and you're all like interacting. But mm-hmm. our work, it's the whole mask protocol type of idea, so that's that's good in a way. So as long as I'm sensible, I think I'll be fine. I just need to I'll be a shock to the system, but I'm looking forward to it anyway. All right, that's great to hear, and, and congratulations to that on that. Thank you, and it's been really really good talking to you, Elliot. And um, we'll keep in touch, and I hope to speak to you soon. Yes, you too. Cool. Take care. Take care.